<sighs> okay, what do we got here? Um, hey, hey, Branson, why don't you get washed up? We're going to be having squid for dinner tonight, so. Uh, squid? Yeah, we're having Bro, squid for dinner. Look, look, I've forgiven you for the whole space tomato thing, but but I don't like squid. C- can we just do dinner without squid, please? Wait, what's your problem with squid? Bro, you know I don't like squid. Come on. Squid? So, since P- when pardon? do you... Pardon? The thought of squid for dinner just disgusts me. I mean, I, I can't even stomach I, that. I can I can go. I could I could leave if you want. Oh, squid! Squid for dinner! God, wow, okay, no, we are glad you were here. But I mean I can I can go. I could No 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 I, I'm going to go wash up and potentially hang myself. Okay. I'm gone. Prepare yourself to discover a world of terrible movies. High above the planet Geekery, a group of intrepid explorers hover over the dangerous planet in their fabulous super-orbital spacecraft. Their mission? To conduct a complete analysis of movies known throughout the universe as Terrible. So grab your space popcorn, grab your freeze-dried ice cream, and join us for today's mission of Discovery and Wonder. Are these movies better than the galaxy thinks? Or do they really belong on the bottom shelf? What is happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Bottom Shelf. I almost said my other podcast. Uh, we are The Bottom Shelf, though. We are the podcast segment of Geek Devotions dedicated to watching terrible movies so you don't have to for the podcast network that is dedicated to know, to letting you know that you are loved. So if you do not listen to anything past this point, just know you are loved you are cared for, and there's a plan for your life. That being said, again, my name is John. We have a stacked crew today uh, with us this week. Uh, as our normal crew, we have Branson Boykin. How are you doing? I'm doing great, and I just want to take this moment to say that I do not enjoy the food squid, but the person squid is a wonderful person, and I am in no way sad that she is here. I apologize for the confusion. Okay, there, I got that out. Thanks, Branson. I won't give you my opinion on you. That lovely voice that you just heard is good friend of the podcast and a good friend of myself as well. Uh, Squid, otherwise known as Catherine Zerwinski from Almost Chicago. Almost Chicago is right. And other cast member extraordinaire, the most handsome man in the universe, Kevin Burnham, the man I strive to be like every single day. Hey, what's up? How are you? How do you get so beautiful, my sir? I will never understand. Genetics, genetics, um, shea butter and... And a high potato diet. Yes, loads of potatoes. And with him as well, we have actress extraordinaire, Ren Michelle. 
joining us on the podcast for this and the next. How are you doing, Ren? What's up, guys? I'm so happy to be here. Happy to have you. Okay, well, Kevin, being as you are the dumpster diver for this show, what are we watching this week? You know what, before I tell you that, you know, I, I found out something recently going through my anatomy classes because I'm starting to take them again. Did you discover something that you didn't know you had? Yeah, I just I found out that after you die, the last part of your body to stop working are your pupils. It's because they dilate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, finally, that went away from my list of dad jokes. <laughs> That's a good one, Kevin. Okay, well, anyways, oh, oh, um, you know what? I just realized um, I saw a couple of Blu-rays inside the um, pile, so give me just a second while I go through them right now. Just Okay, <clears throat> just got it right here. Just one second. Here we go. Yeah, it's Shark Month, so I figured we'd do a shark movie. I found a couple of shark movies inside here. Okay. You, who's, who's, who's ready for some shark months? Shark movies. We're gonna we're gonna watch Jaws. I don't think we'd be watching Jaws on this podcast. <laughs> we don't watch good movies on this podcast, Squid. So yeah. that's questionable about Jaws, but <laughs> yeah, there there were some other Jaws movies in there, surprisingly. But the movie I pulled up, let's see, it's Shark Top, Shark to Put, Shark Top, Shark Shark to Thank you. Yes. See, you speak English well, better than me. So there we go. Shark, <laughs> Sharktopus. This is a made-for-American television movie on the Sci-Fi Network, and we got it on a Blu-ray format. Huh? It was um, released for April 26th on 2010. It's 89 minutes, and it was rated TV 14. That's American rating, or 15 for Ireland and UK. And it's rated that for the CGI blood and gore, red carol syrup, mild language, people drinking cheap beer, loads of people in bikinis, and a man wearing a plastic sombrero. Okay. That appears out of nowhere. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it is directed by Declan O'Brien. It is produced by Roger Corman and his lovely wife, Julie. It is written by Mike, Mike McLean who also has written other fantastic movies such as Dino Croc versus Super Gator and Piranha Conda. Piranha Conda is great. <laughs> yeah, I heard it was spot on, and that's in there too, but I didn't feel like digging for that. I, I just still knew it was Shark Month. I'm noticing a theme here. The music is done by Tom Heal, who has done music for movies such as Swimming with Sharks, You're Killing Me, The First to Go, Under Still Waters, I'm, I'm seriously not making this up. This is actually the name of the movies he's done. Still noticing a theme. Yeah. It's starring some random white guy named Eric Roberts, Kieran Burson, a Thai supermodel, Sarah McAlalane. Yeah. Mekaleka High, Mekka High, Mekka High. Kalabaliki Laka is the. Oh, wait. Wrong season. Sorry. It also, <laughs> it also has a boring look like Jeff Daniels, played by Peter Nielsen. And a man that only believes in science, Hector Jimenez. He believes in science. It's pronounced Jimenez. Jimenez. Thank you. See? You're, you're, Eric you're, Roberts? Huh? Eric Roberts is Emma Roberts' dad. Eric Roberts is also in every movie that has ever been made. I feel like, yeah. Eric Roberts is also Julia Roberts' brother. Yes. I, in the process of uh, researching a movie about this, uh, his IMDb, pardon me, his IMDb page is like 600 miles long. 
I looked through all of it. Goodness alive. It's because he has the discernment for movies that's rivaled only by Nicolas Cage. (laughs) (laughs) He also has like 20 movies that are currently filming. It's the only person I've seen that had like, I had to scroll for like three pages to find his currently released movies. Roger Corman raised them up well. I'm sorry, you said 20 movies currently? Yeah. 20 movies currently? Yeah. Wow. Okay. I applaud him. Like, there are, like, a bunch in post-production, a bunch in pre-production, a bunch. Like, he's filming a bunch. It was wild. Check out wow. his IMDb page later, guys. Wow. Yeah, you know how difficult that is just to do two movies at once. Oh, yeah. I've done that, and I was not a big fan. <laughs> well, you can tell he really puts his all into acting, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's see if he puts his all into this one. Do you want me to read the back of this blurry description of what the movie's about? Because, I mean, the picture looks great, but... I think the cover art and the title kind of says everything that's gonna we're gonna see in the movie. But go ahead, Kevin. Okay, because just saying though, this is a very long description in the back of this Blu-ray. It says <clears throat> a genetically altered super weapon embarks on a nightmare of rampage of chaos and carnage in this campy tale of terror and the water from legendary producer Roger Corman. S11 was created to be the most powerful weapon in the U.S. Nar- Navy's arsenal—a horrifying hybrid of shark and octopus. It, the, strikes with lightning speed and incredible precision but all hell breaks loose on the creature's creator oh my god i can't say it in one breath <laughs> it follows orders to stage and improto the strum straight oh my you know what i'm, I'm gonna stop there's too much that's on one paragraph there's three paragraphs in the back of this blu-ray oh shark goodness. octopus put them together death what do you got <laughs> names s11 yeah s11 <laughs> They give you none of that premise in the movie, which is the which is the uh, which is the uh, Spanish version of the Nintendo Wii. That's the uh, C. <laughs> that took way too long for everybody to get. No, I wasn't laughing at your stupid joke. That's what was happening. I was not laughing. I want to I go back to the dilate joke, please. Momentarily, I thought you were serious. That's why I wasn't laughing. I was like, really? And then it dawned on me. Oh, wait. Okay. Ha ha. This is John funny. Gotcha. Is it? Is funny the word we're using? <laughs> Whatever. Excuse me. I find John very entertaining. Thank you very much. I, I will say not all of us can be as funny as Josiah trying to stop mid cuss word. You know, I have heard about this. I have not yet seen it, but I have heard about it. And you never will. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, uh, better podcasts aside, uh, let's go ahead and dive into... uh, Dive. I I, I actually have, of all the movies, (laughs) of all the movies we've done, this is the one that has the least amount of trivia I could find for it so far. Uh, Shark. An octopus. What else do you need? Just like he told me. <laughs> well, actually, in in Caribbean legend, there actually is a legend of a half shark, half octopus monster known as the Lus- the Luska. So that Luska. this is based off of an actual legend. Is it? Um, it is. Wow. And okay. Is this going to be like a new creature invited to your? Um, was it that wizard podcast thing you run? Hey, Kevin. Hey. Let's have a contest. Let, let's see who can hold their breath the longest. You first. I'll win. <laughs> prove, prove yourself right. Uh, and uh, also, they used the Wilhelm scream in this movie uh, when the Sharktopus eats the second kid throwing a football. So 
Yeah. That's his official name in the credits as well. <laughs> now, now, what is the Wilhelm scream? The Wilhelm scream is a legendary uh, sound effect used throughout cinema. It was originally captured. I don't remember which Western movie it was captured from, but some guy got shot and was falling off of a uh, falling off of a building, if I remember correct. And he does such he does such a perfect scream that it's been used repeatedly throughout cinema. I would love it, to try and replicate it right now, but I'll spare you my attempt. <sighs> oh, <sighs> wait, you didn't have your breath. What? What? This is a contest. <laughs> oh Jesus! Congratulations, Kevin. You won. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and go into let's go ahead and go into expectations now. Uh, this is the part of the episode where we talk about what our expectations are before watching, actually watching the movie. Uh, Squid, what are your expectations for this movie? Uh, I expected to thoroughly enjoy this movie in a way that I would never suggest anyone else watch it. <laughs> All right. Any clarification of that or just not leave it I as would is. buy this movie and then not tell anyone I owned it. That's, gotcha. <laughs> that's my rating. Gotcha. Uh, Branson, what are your expectations before seeing this movie? I would like to tell you a little tale about a TV show Shark called tale? Who... No, but... <laughs> A TV show called Who Wants to Be a Superhero? Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Who Wants to Be a Superhero? It was on sci-fi. And there was a character named Feedback who won that show. And what he won was a spot in a sci-fi made-for-TV movie. And I waited for I don't know how long because I wanted to see the Feedback movie. It was a cameo in a snake movie. He was in the movie for like five minutes. And that was it. I forgot that show existed until you just brought it back into my brain <laughs> i apologize whoa <laughs> so given that that that's what sci-fi thinks of when you, they say you get a part in a sci-fi movie given that sci-fi produced this i don't have high expectations right. and this is coming from a guy who enjoys sci-fi movies if it is a sci-fi channel produced film i don't expect it to be good okay kevin what are your expectations going into this movie? I think I told you before, but I don't have expectations when I watch any of these movies because I just kind of gave up. So, yeah, I have no expectations. I'm just going to just see what this is because I'm just in the mood for Shark Month. And I've seen this right there. So I was like, yeah, I got to dig it out. So why not? Have to dig it out just like a wedgie. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, then that leaves you, Ren. What do you what, what expectations do you have? Did you have before watching this movie? Um, so I don't like to always admit it, but I am addicted to Sharknado. I don't know if y'all have seen that. I've seen all of them. And there's something so stupid that I just like to watch it over and over again. So that's kind of what I expect this movie to be. All right. And as far as myself, this is a movie. And let's go and watch a movie. Who cares about what John says? Let's watch. Oh, wait. Hey, Kevin, let's see how many times you can stab yourself before you pass out. Um <laughs> Um, as far as me, this is a movie I watch every summer. I, I own it. I've owned it since 2010. I watch it every summer. It's a ritual for me, so I know what I'm walking into. I'm expecting terrible CGI. I'm expecting horrific acting. Um, 
and just the most inane bare bones plot. And every actor is expendable in this, including Eric Roberts. Do you do you know what you're getting yourself into? Do you really know what you're getting yourself into? Because you said the same thing about past other movies, and you're just like, you know what? Let's see if you do. You really truly understand what you're walking into. You know, Kevin, I wasn't sure if you were just if you were just stuttering there, or if you were filled with the spirit and were speaking in tongues. So, no, I'm actually jacked up on caffeine, and I'm caffeine sensitive. So right now, I just had um the um we call it at the Starbucks the nitro coffee, everything else. Oh, the cold brew. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Past tea is shaking. Oh, good. Yeah. I am. I am. I am super glad that we're doing this podcast with you now. A hyperactive <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> I just realized I never had coffee today. So. I think it's the best way to get into this movie because I'm thinking like, yeah, I'm going to need every bit of energy inside of my body to make it through another bad movie because I don't know if this is going to be bad, good, or whatever. Like I said, I have no expectations, so I guess we'll find out. Keep him away from the four-leaf clovers. It's okay, Kevin. I, I can snuggle with you during the movie. I'll keep you awake. Uh, how about you just put your hand over there and just, you know, sit over there and, you know, I'll sit by myself. Put your hand on my shoulder. I'm going to go make popcorn. <laughs> go on, Branson. Finish the song. You're a singer. You're, you're, you like to sing. I actually don't know that one. Or I would. What? What? You disappoint me, sir. What kind of white guy are you? I don't know that song. <laughs> anyway, let's go ahead. Watch the movie and see what happens. Play it, Glocks! Dear listeners, this is your opportunity to escape. Our crew has just entered into the media projection chamber. What horrors and madness that they consume are unknown. Their mental state upon their return is unknown. You have been warned. Yep. That was about what I was expecting. Doesn't that make you want to go swimming? It said Roger Corman, and it, but I had to think about it. Roger Corman produced it. He didn't direct it. Okay. He st- he still liked it enough to put his name on it. This is the spoiler-free section of the episode where we discuss the movie without spoiling it in case anybody out there in listener land decides that they want to watch this movie. I don't I don't know if you could spoil this movie, truly. I, there, it's just something to behold with your own eyes. <laughs> like the Grand Canyon, perhaps. Like the Grand Canyon. I could explain it to you, but I won't do it justice. Um, well, why don't you talk about it a little bit then there, Squid, seeing as you just dove right in. Yeah, sure. Uh, my favorite thing about this movie, and when I knew I would love it, is when someone got attacked by the sharktopus. This is not a spoiler. It happens. And there was blood on the camera lens cgi and that's when i knew <laughs> i'm gonna buy this movie later <laughs> um the the line delivery in this movie just the oh yeah the lines here's here's the line for almost every person in the movie ah no oh my god oh my god no ah. uh-uh, uh-uh. nothing can top the man on the side of the boat going oh no not like this <laughs> not like this nothing can top that that's give that man an oscar a tony i don't know whatever you get for movies you mean he could run for president okay squid squid a yep. little little easter egg for anybody who listens to our other podcast that we do together 
that which we just shall not name. I took that specific line and used it in our most recent uh, in our most recent uh, recording of playing games with strangers. I was there for that. Uh, I know. I was. I. I. I specifically did it because I had just watched this movie. So there's that, there's that a man. little shark Easter egg in there for you. That scene lives rent free in my brain, as does all the ketchup <laughs> they used in this movie. So, <laughs> so uh, Branson, how how are you was feeling? Was that because that actually ketchup or red carol syrup? Because that's what you know. It was pretty clear, but then I mean, man, who knows. If Roger Corman did it, it's it's probably Caro. Lots of Caro. Like either way, it came from the kitchen. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> get the pancakes. Yeah, I was like, it was far too red. It was like sweet and sour sauce. <laughs> okay, at one point in the movie, I fell asleep. Spoiler free. It is spoiler free because I fell asleep. I don't know how long <laughs> I was asleep, but when I woke up, I was not lost at all. I knew exactly what was going on. <laughs> Nothing was going on where I thought, "Oh, I don't get what's happening." I, I it, 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 and and it, the scene was not happening in the same place. So y'all may be referring to things that I am not aware of because I slept through part of it. And I that was the snoring I heard. Yeah, probably. I I I, I I'm I'm kind of telegraphing my rating, I think, but I, I just. I could have thought of something. I expected sci-fi to be at a certain level. They delivered. <laughs> they delivered in spades. Uh, I have specific reasons. I don't know if they're spoilers or not, but I'll save it for the spoiler talk. I, I just, I, this, this was not a good one for me. So Branson, while you were asleep, I was over in the corner cringing and in pain watching this. Okay. Okay. So maybe maybe I'm glad that I did fall asleep so I could be spared whatever it was that had you hurt. Yes. That was a blessing. So was there anything in this movie that Ren or Branson enjoyed at all? The part where it said directed by at the very the end, end credits. Uh, I like that part. I yeah. like the music. The music was pretty on okay. point. That was pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from the location, it was pretty, but... Okay, the location was, yeah, it was pretty. It was blue water, as, you know, should be. It felt like a bunch of drunk college students on spring break said, hey, let's make a shark movie. Yes, a student film. I am 90% sure that Eric Roberts was drunk in the scene in which he's accused of being drunk. (laughs) (laughs) His pupils were dilated. His yeah, his eyes were so glossy. <laughs> he was like, "Yes, I am." I was like, "Yes, you are." Uh- Method actor. It is. It is a known fact that Eric Roberts is a uh, is a recovered alcoholic. So Wait, is that after this movie or before? Because <laughs> wow. he has relapsed. I'm not. I'm not certain. There's a reason he needed the alcohol in this movie. Yeah, so. I, I will say. I will say that uh, it very well could be possible that the uh, scotches that he was throwing back for in all of the scenes might have been actual scotch. And any man that any man that drinks scotch out of a pint glass instead of a rocks glass, like, <laughs> you need help, sir. <laughs> and straight, yeah, straight meat. Well, you got to think it's also Roger Corman. Roger Corman's like, hey, I can't pay you kids and money. You want beer? <laughs> here's some. Here's some booze. <laughs> you, you, you want. You want PBR? Yeah! 
<laughs> Ugh, PBR. You just gave me heartburn oh just saying God. that. <laughs> I can't afford the Budweiser. Here's PBR. <laughs> oh no. All right, Kevin. What are what what are your spoiler-free thoughts on this movie? Um, my spoiler-free thoughts. Was... <laughs> Sorry. Um, it was. I kind of fell asleep a couple of times. I had to wake myself up a couple of times. I can't imagine sleeping through this gem. Weren't you the one who was a little bit excited about this one because it was a Roger Corman film? Um, I, I'm excited about Roger Corman directing a film. I like when Roger Corman directs films. I'm not really the biggest fan of him just producing because I like Roger Corman as a director, producer, writer. He's like the M. Night Shyamalan of the, of the song, but... It's not a glowing comparison. <laughs> <laughs> well they, they know how to get their money so roger corman knows how to get money okay he he, he could come by to you he's like you got five bucks i'm like oh you poor thing here's five bucks you got another five bucks uh, okay you got another five bucks okay you know you just asked me three times that's how roger corman is <laughs> and he'll squander it whatever on this film <laughs> apparently <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah he's like I know y'all, you guys were sleeping at the Super 8, but I was right there at the um, Hilton Hotel, so sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, when you're the man. Uh, but, you know, this movie turned out to be exactly what I thought it was going to be from every other time I've seen it. It's just uh, poor CGI. Uh, oh, goodness, live, this CGI was horrific. Oh, it was on par with the, with, uh, the Scorpion King at the end of Mummy 2. Um the Mummy Returns. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I blocked that out. It was so bad. <laughs> Prior to this, had only seen the sequel of this movie, so it was interesting to go backwards. I know, I know, John might get low, um, whatever, um, feelings, whatever. The CGI in this was um, worse than Battleship, Battleship, Battleship Earth, Battlefield Earth. Yeah, Battlefield Earth. Battlefield Earth had better CGI than this. I would agree. I mean, it was it was superior. It was like that was Academy Award winning film for CGI compared to this film. I would agree. My PS One had better CGI <laughs> special effects on that games that it released. Sharknado uh, had better effects than this. I haven't seen Sharknado yet. I need to. Should I? Well, to be fair, Sharknado was released after this movie, so that's very true. early. I do think the second one also had better graphics than the first one, but they definitely gave up by that point. Was it? Was it? Oh, well, tell me, tell me, Squid, because I haven't actually seen the second one. Is the second one a better movie than the first one? Define better movie. Fair enough. That's enough answer for me. <laughs> if you enjoyed this one, you'll enjoy that one. Gotcha. Uh, well, uh, does anybody have any other spoiler free things to talk about before we hit? the? Yeah. Who wears tennis shoes on the beach? That's. I that scene made me want to turn the movie off. But that was it. No. <laughs> well, not people. <laughs> yes, it was the tennis shoes on the beach that made you want to turn this movie off. <laughs> this man was like walking in the surf with tennis shoes on. I was so deeply uncomfortable. <laughs> it's not okay. There's going to be sand and issues. Maybe forever. they have bad feet issues. Maybe they have feet issues like John Haru. Okay, you can't. Why can't? Why are you judging people like that? Is him having sand in his tennis shoes for the rest of his life going to help his sh feet issues? <laughs> no. No, it's not. Maybe he was on a power walk. 
<laughs> that was it. That was my only other spoiler for thought. Not everyone can wear um, flip flops or sandals or thongs or wherever you want comp or whatever side of the country you're at. Yeah, usually people just like most people just take shoes off at the beach. <laughs> it's therapeutic. It's good for you. In most parts of the country, Kevin, uh, thongs mean something completely different. It depends on what which, which country you're at, because I know yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yes, I know, John. Kevin, do you wear thongs? Yes. <laughs> on my feet. Oh boy. Interesting choices, but I'm not here to yuck your yum, sir. <laughs> Let's go ahead and head to the spoiler section, shall we? Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, the spoiler section. <sighs> Waiting for somebody just to let it fly. My thoughts on this are going to be no different. <laughs> there was not a single likable character in this entire movie. Nobody. Correct. Not the hero, not the antagonist, not the people that died. Nice. Every single actor or actress was someone I was like, please die. Please hurry up and die. Please. I will. I will agree with that with one exception there was one likable person in this movie sharktopus was so likable <laughs> no. highly relatable no. <laughs> no no uh but there was one likable person in this movie and that was the long-haired uh cameraman <laughs> hector okay yes he yes. was okay, yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, from Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, from Nacho Libre. I, I, I forgot about him. Yes, I, I will agree with you. He was the only likable character in this whole thing because he actually seemed to have some sense of morality. Poor guy died too soon. I, I, I liked what he brought to this movie, to be perfectly honest. He couldn't act his way out of a paper bag at all, but... The only thing that this man brought to this movie was Sharpie tattoos, and... <laughs> <laughs> i'm so glad i'm not the only person who he saw walked that in and i was like that's not what tattoos look like that's sharpie on skin <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe he's practicing his design that way he goes to the um the tar tattoo guy he's like hey this design i want okay tattoo over the over the my permanent markers that man fell face first into like a sticker sheet of webdings like <laughs> there was no design to that tattoo <laughs> That looked like a five-year-old with henna, yeah. basically, yeah. is what that was. Yes, it did. I love them. I wrote down in my notes, good tattoos. Um. <laughs> so not. But, so you know, <clears throat> I kept staring at his front teeth the whole entire time, though. Just oh, my like... gosh, me too. <laughs> maybe, maybe, <laughs> I am, maybe I am a shallow individual, but I just kept staring at the teeth. I'm like, bruh. This was made post Obamacare. Get that fixed. <laughs> <laughs> yep, you are shallow. <laughs> I think it was more so the camera work. It was too close on everybody. Yeah. So it showed all the quote unquote imperfections. Well, you want to tell them why they bring the camera up so close? Because, you know, when, when, when the movie is that cheap, you can't afford it because it's probably like a bunch of tourists and everyone's looking around. So if you bring it up close, you could avoid looking at everything else in the background. So that's why I brought the camera up so close. They they weren't on location. They were on a sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling this movie was filmed on a phone. I wouldn't be surprised. That's why it's so close. Yes. My So when it turned on, my roommate watched it with me and literally the open credits, she went, this is not even as good as my first iPhone. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. You know, I, to be perfectly honest, I wouldn't have been surprised if this was filmed to VHS. To be, if I'm being honest about it, it didn't look okay. It didn't look that bad because then I would see the, all the, the grains. But yeah, it's pretty bad for a digital camera. I I do have no idea what the reporter added to the movie at all. A body count. Oh my gosh! And that outfit yeah. for a reporter. <laughs> I was so confused about that entire quote-unquote storyline, if we can call it that. It might, yeah. I, me and my wife were talking about it when we were watching this movie, um, and she was the Gale, she was the Gale Weathers of this movie, for those of you who are familiar with the Scream series. Mm. She's just there to be the unlikable reporter that when she dies, you're like, good. I just didn't care. I, she wasn't unlikable. I just didn't care about her. I was like, why are we on them again? Okay, see, I love Gale. But I did not like her. <laughs> but they used that formula with every character. Every character was, oh, good, he died. Oh, good, she died. Oh, finally, mm-hmm. that guy died. I mean, seriously. Like, like the, 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 the lead scientist was too wrapped up in his research. He, he was completely disconnected from his daughter, he, even though he pretended like he was a good daughter. The daughter, half the, half the time she was okay. The other half the time she was like, I'm super smart. I know everything and I'm going to look down to you. The guy that was the quote unquote hero kept talking about how much money he was supposed to make. And he had this one little moment where he talked about how he had shrapnel pulled out of his back to make him somewhat likable. And then he was a complete jerk the rest of the time. The reporter, don't get me started on the reporter. You know, the one guy that I felt sorry for. No, please do get started. Please do get started. (laughs) She, she was too. Oh, I mean, I get it. When when a movie knows it's going to be bad and they deliberately play into those stereotypes. Okay. But she. uh. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. Despite the fact that it's a ridiculous premise, as sci fi, the sci fi channel movies tend to be with like Frankenfish and uh, Piranaconda. um, To say that they're being intentionally bad, I don't know that I think they're trying to make the best of what they got. I don't know that they're trying to be like. Velocipaster was intentionally yes, bad. That was what the point I was going to make is that Velocipaster knew what it was doing in being as bad as it was. I think they wanted to make Sharktopus good, which is what makes it funnier for me. No, I think they were. I think they were trying their best to make it as as bad as possible. Oh, I don't think. If so. Roger Corman's on there, he's like, "Hey guys, hey kids, you know these bad movies I make? You ready to make one? Because it's going to be a winner." Because, I mean, there is humor in a movie that knows it's bad and just plays into it. Okay, we know we're going to be terrible, so let's just play into it. Let's make a, let's make fun of ourselves the whole time. When a movie's done that way and done properly, it's actually hilarious. I did not get that vibe. Like, Mm-mm. like it, it, it felt like they were really trying to take themselves seriously, and because of yeah. that, it actually made the movie worse. Yeah, me too. I think they tried too hard with it. I don't. I I didn't feel this movie as being intentionally bad in the same way that Velocipaster was. Uh, this movie felt bad in a way that, in a, in a way that Fatal Deviation was, in that they took something that was just a concept, and it was just poorly executed on on all ends. You know, the visuals were bad. The delivery was bad. I mean, I guess the sound, the music was okay. Uh, The concept of a shark being able to roar really drove me nuts because sharks don't have (laughs) vocal cords. Yeah. Um, How do you know? Do you swim with the sharks? 
I know shark anatomy, sir. Do you have have you ever pet a shark? Yes. You ever been in a shark cage? Not in a shark cage. I've been to SeaWorld. Wait, you've been here in Florida? Perhaps he There's more than the one SeaWorld, sir. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I've been but and I've been see according to my subtitles, the shark was growling. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. Growling, not roaring. Get it right. According okay. To... Still requires vocal cords. I'm right. just saying. Still the non-shark sound. <laughs> because because the anatomy required to make roaring or any kind of vocalization requires you to have lungs that express air past a set of vibrating membranes. Fish and aquatic life that re- that have gills do not have lungs. I'm sorry, John. Are you trying to call into question the science of this movie? You ever seen Twister? Twister has a tornado in the nothing ward. I have many questions about the logic you're bringing to this film right now. The film that gave me a line such as, they're more accurate when shot with a grenade launcher. Um, <laughs> which I think was the best line I've ever heard in a movie. I thought you said the best line was not like this. That was also... And that line was not delivered ironically. No. Like, that was supposed to be taken seriously. Like, it's more accurate when you shoot with a grenade. Like, since oh when? Oh my god. <laughs> The line that got me, and it literally made me cringe, was someone will come for you after her dad dies in the end. It's like, dude, really? (laughs) And then he just leaves. He's like, bye. You're good. See ya. Adios. I really appreciated the uh, commitment they had to not swearing in this movie. Mm -hmm. My Well, they couldn't. It was made for TV. Yeah, it was made I for know. TV, so there was very limited. It's so just... if they had swearing, they didn't have to change the rating. So they applied all that fake blood and everything else to make for it. I got you, mother. Yep. A son of a witch <laughs> was said. <laughs> I must have fell asleep during yeah. that part because there were so many parts. I was like, oh, God. And waking up, oh, hey, yeah, we're watching this. And just, oh, hey. I will say that this movie, and I, 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 I mentioned this in one of our chats, too. Uh, this movie is about an hour and a half long and it legit fe- when you're watching it it legitimately feels about two hours long yes it does like, I don't no, it know how- like four hours long it just kept going and it was the same scene in different places yeah <laughs> i i don't know how they did that i don't know how they took an hour and a half and stretched it out it's like they violated the time space continuum to make this movie <laughs> i yeah. What was that stupid song that I think one of you told me about Badger, 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 and it's like Snake, whatever? It's like a, it's just like a 10 second video and it just extended for like three hours long. I know what you're talking yeah. about. I think that was something that Celeste brought up. Yes. That's what this movie felt like. It was like it took a, a 10 second idea or something and just kept repeating it and repeating it and repeating it, repeating it, repeating it. It's like, hey, how many times can we bash this baseball bat over your head until you actually feel numb and don't have any more pain? I actually would have preferred that. <laughs> I would have preferred that <laughs> to watching this movie. Do you have a bat handy? I have a peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> peanut butter baseball bat. Uh, oh, family guy joke. No one gets. No, I, I got it. But when you said you got peanut butter, I went somewhere else. And we're going to come you back. Do. You always go. Um, you always go somewhere else. Uh, Why don't you just stay here in the now? What's wrong with you, man? I, I will say that uh, when this movie was originally released and I saw the preview to it, the reason why I bought this movie in the first place was off the strength of the preview. When I saw a ridiculous concept of a half shark, half octopus, and they showed the scene where that 
guy that lady or a guy goes bungee jumping and the shark jumps out of the water that is the only sympathetic death <laughs> that lady didn't get her spa day okay. with her boyfriend yes. Yes. yeah and i i saw that and i laughed my head off i'm like this movie must be amazing and this <laughs> takes me back this movie takes and it takes me back to what i said earlier about taking a concept that could be okay and just executing it poorly Mm-hmm. Oh yes, I agree with you. This could be a great idea for a monster. Seriously, I mean, I I like I like bad movies. I mean, good bad movies, but I like it. You know, they, that was a great concept for a monster, in my opinion. I I never thought I would see the day where I would say this, and prepare for a little bit of vindication, Squid. But I think this movie could have benefited from the Velocipaster treatment. I agree. That's why I think you need to watch the second one. I think they lean into it more in the second one. The second what? Second Sharktopus. Sharktopus versus Whale Wolf. There's a second one? There's three of them. There's also Sharktopus versus Terracuda. They didn't learn from the first time that it's so bad? No. They made it worse, (laughs) which is better. It wasn't enough to put us through this torture once. They did it two more times. They must have put enough viewership. That's why. Yeah. They go significantly downhill. Which is actually better for this movie. <laughs> uh, Might be more entertaining. Yeah. I, I've seen the second one twice. I would watch it again. <laughs> I mean, and it's like someone said earlier, you can't really spoil this movie because there really is nothing to spoil. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you if you get the concept of this movie, you already know how it's going to go. Yeah. They make some abomination of nature. It gets loose. They're, and they wrap it around a whole bunch of kill scenes that are slightly ironic or ridiculous. And then they kill the creature. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly they kill, they, the they kill the creature. And the dude is standing there with his arm around the, the daughter talking. And he is covered in shark blood. And he's just standing yes, there like nothing. As, it's not, oh, uh, uh, it's just like, yeah, I'm covered in shark blood. And I'm totally yeah, fine like, with I'm it. I'm good. And sweet and sour sauce. <laughs> bro, bro, I'm just saying who doesn't do their best who doesn't do their best uh flirting flirting when they're not covered in viscera. I mean that's the only way I prefer to be flirted with, so I was not covered in shark blood when I first met my wife. And I think it had an impact on our relationship. Sissy Spacek at the end of Carrie was hot. Um, okay, I never watched that movie, so I couldn't. I wouldn't know. Me neither. I'm there with at, you, John. <laughs> at the end of Carrie, they cover her with pig's blood, and she uses her telekinetic powers to close off the prom and burn them alive. Mm-hmm. Okay, sounds lovely. Sounds like a regular high school prom, I think. I don't know. They've been to prom, so I couldn't tell you. You know what? William Shakespeare, Orson Welles, Tennessee Williams, Paul Thomas Anderson has nothing on this film. The acting here <laughs> is just like outweighs the underwhelming talent from minuscule actors such as actresses such as William, um, what, oh, sorry, Leonardo DiCaprio, Denzel Washington, Amy Adams, and Michelle Yeoh. These are award-winning directors who just dare to dream of films like this. Was that an actual review? I'm just saying, that's why, that's my opinion. I mean, all these Academy Award winning people and Golden Globe, whatever, they dream to make movies like this. It's so bad. I dream of movies like this. (laughs) Yeah, you do. I know. (laughs) You were about to say something, Squid. What's up? Yeah, I was going to say the part about this movie that isn't hot is how many times allegedly trained soldiers just start firing at human beings. (laughs) Just like directly (laughs) at them. 
Yes. And no one dies of a gun wound, which I feel like was cheap and a cop-out. There should have been several people that got shot in this movie. And also the CGI for it, the gun wasn't lined up with the shark. No. <laughs> Any no, of the guns, they, they were not three not lined times. Up. They opened fire on that yacht. It's because they saw the wanted movie where you could curve the path of a bullet. <laughs> yeah, they're like, we're gonna can I, I can I just ask how this oc- shark octopus hybrid had blades for at the end of because he was genetically spliced together to be a killing machine. But do octopus have that? No, no I did indeed write that's not what tentacles look like. <laughs> okay, I didn't think no, so. But I don't know. Dad if... modified it. What breed of octopus has blades at the end knives? Me, I have knives at the end of mine. <laughs> If we're going to accept the premise that you can splice shark DNA and octopus DNA together and make a creature, I think having spikes at the end of the tentacles is not out of the world of ordinary. Sir, I would beg to differ in saying that knives do not have DNA to be spliced into an animal. But if you modify the DNA to where they have claws, I mean, you know, Stegosaurus had spikes. I also want to know why this animal knew had a human where face. what so it had a humany face because no, i wanted to know that too. that too but no i want to know how it knew where the human carotid and artery and jugular vein was located because it was designed to be a killer it was specifically stabbing people in the neck i mean it was it was made to be a weapon that killed human beings so i feel like it was just and also mm. octopus we can just chalk that mm. up to octopus smart octopus <laughs> do things octopi are smart but i don't think you imagine can teach... imagine if you gave an octopus a knife i'm just saying <laughs> havoc <sighs> uh, i do i do also want to know how the shark could hit this man and knock his shirt open because that happened <laughs> <laughs> unbuttoned his shirt and it fell open when he got I knocked think, back here's here's the thing i think i think we're all overlooking here the scientific technology that was used to have a randomly appearing and disappearing sombrero (laughs) when you're underwater and you're hatless but you come out of the water and there's a sombrero there and then the camera turns away and the sombrero is gone again thank you that's amazing i must have been asleep for that part that was like in the beginning I'm literally just trying to remember that scene. Oh, I remember that scene. I, I rewind it like when I was watching in my head twice. <laughs> the one scene that I'm just like laughing at is the dancers. Oh my gosh. The oh my they, goodness. Porta Vallarta dance group. <laughs> yes, but it was the one of all the girls and they had no idea what they were doing. There was no choreography. And their timing, there was no coordination. One was kicking, one was starting to. <laughs> it was so random I, every freaking thing in this movie was random yeah my favorite scene is and in the credits this is how she's listed girl on the beach with bum which <laughs> is the lady that is using the metal detector yes and what i'm pretty sure what they meant by that is a homeless man <laughs> yeah. but that's not what i thought it meant oh um, yeah that homeless man was roger corman yeah, and also she was definitely has only done that role in any movie she's been in. I've never seen her in anything else, but <laughs> that's all that woman did. 
no one bends over like that to pick anything up <laughs> when you when you hit that pen, when you hit that pinnacle of acting i mean it's pointless to do anything it's after truly, that truly that's what happens that's when you peak too soon you just you'll, you'll never reach those heights again shame <sighs> does anybody else have anything i don't think we have any more thoughts in this freaking film no let's end this please i have so many thoughts on this movie but no, just keep calling it. Shoot away. No. I, Machine I, gun. John, go ahead. No, I'm good. I'm good. Are you good? How good are you? I'm trying to see what other notes I wrote down during this. The only other notes I have are Eric looks nonplussed as always. Um, <laughs> that, that's a big <laughs> rock. Those are my only two other notes. <laughs> I have two pages of notes, but what? Go ahead. I don't want to be mean. <laughs> no, be mean, please. That's who. That's who. okay. That's what this podcast is about. Yes. Be mean, be evil. That's okay. Um, I feel like we've covered a lot of them. Honestly, the writing sucked. There was no sense of urgency. I know when Santos mm-hmm. died. You know they were trying to pull him out of the water. They didn't give a crap about about Santos. They literally were like, "Oh, one hand on the gun. I can let go of it if I need to, but I don't want to." I mean, you never know when you need to shoot yourself in the foot. <laughs> but see, no one gets shot in this movie, which is lame. I know a great time to shoot yourself in the foot. When someone said, hey, I got this idea about a movie called Sharktopus. No, that's how they <laughs> shot themselves in the foot in the first place. You but, shot but, someone else in the foot when they say that. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, let's, let's go ahead and skip on over to our rating section. Uh, Branson, why don't you go ahead and explain the ratings to our viewers out there and how this works? All right, everybody, on the bottom shelf, we have a rating system where we rate these terrible movies that we watch. First, we have The Top Shelf. The Top Shelf is a movie that we think is wonderful. We have no idea why it's labeled as bad. We are probably going to own it ourselves. We'll watch it multiple times. It is a great movie. Middle Shelf is a movie where, you know, it's not the best movie in the world, but it's not as bad as they say it. I, I might watch it if it happens to be on. I might be in the right mood to see it every once in a while. It's not as good as it could be but it's not as terrible as they say bottom shelf is nope this is a bad movie the critics were spot on this movie really is as bad as they say it is some people might enjoy it there might be some who who are like fan favorites of it or something but for the most part it's a bad movie and then there's the bottom and then there's the dumpster Dumpster fire fire. thank you i got my see this movie has made me dumb it's made me dumb i can't remember things now Then we have the dumpster fire. The dumpster fire is where we put all films who are so terrible they should never be seen by human beings ever again. And once they go there, we pretend like they don't exist, much like the movie that shall not be named. Could you could you name it for us, though? (laughs) Well, every time I do, someone says that that that, that movie doesn't exist. I am new here, so I need to know. Okay, there was a movie done by a director that was based on an animated film. He's talking about The Last Airbender. I'm not understanding. I'm not <laughs> understanding. This is a TV show. You see what I mean? You see what I mean? Every time they bring it up, it's just like it doesn't exist. Hmm. Squid Good was the know. first one to deny its existence, and then everybody else <laughs> just followed I can't right deny along. the existence of something that isn't real, John. So that said, um, I'm going to go ahead and start this, uh, start the rating ride off first, and we'll just go right down the line of people on my screen. Uh, for me, like I said, this is a yearly watch. It's a terrible movie, and I 
honestly feel like, you know, I wouldn't recommend it to most people if I'm perfectly honest, but this is how I start my summers. Um, this is my Jaws 4 that I watch. Um, but I understand that it's schlock and it's not even good schlock. Uh, I would put it on the bottom shelf. I think that this is the poster child of a bottom shelf movie and what a bottom shelf movie should be. So that's where I'm sticking it. Squid, where are you putting this movie? Now, see, before I went into this movie, I ranked it very low. I knew it was going to be bad. And then I watched the movie and I went, it wasn't as bad as I thought. This was enjoyable. Um, I think it will still be on the bottom shelf, but it'd be on like the top end of my bottom shelf where it's mm-hmm. almost it's almost up on that middle shelf. All That's right. where it goes. Branson, where are you sticking it? I, I am going to practice what I preach. I, I, I've told my crew several times that I'm going to try to not overrate movies just because I don't enjoy conflict or whatever. So I'm going to put this squarely in the dumpster fire. It, it was terrible. It, I, I am never going to watch this again. I would not recommend this to anyone. It, like I said, I fell asleep in the middle of it, woke up an undetermined amount of time later and was not lost. Did not feel like I missed anything. Uh, none of the characters except for, um, I can't even remember his name now. The cameraman, um, you can just say the cameraman. That's all I know. The cameraman with the teeth. Uh, (laughs) he was the Hector Hector or something like that. Yeah. His, the actor's name is Hector. Oh, okay. Well, Hector who played the only likable part in the whole movie. I, I just did not enjoy it at all. So I know I'm in the minority, but that's okay. I'm going to put it in the dumpster fire. All right. Kevin, where are you placing this movie? You know what? If any of you are looking for any last minute gift ideas for me, I have one. I like the clan O'Brien, the director right here tonight. I want him brought from his happy slumber over there in Hollywood with all of his filmmaking friends. I want him brought right here with a big ribbon on his head. I want to look him straight in the eye, and I want to tell him what a cheap, lousy, no good, rotten, four-fushing, low-life, shark-licking, uh, dirt-eating, inbred, Kevin. overstuffed, ingrid what? Kevin. What? He's dead. He What? Oh. Yeah, he died. <sighs> okay, you know what? I take back what I said. I just wanted to burn this film. Prayers do get answered. <laughs> <laughs> Also, if you are affiliated with the National Lampoons, uh, please do not sue us for plagiarism. Thank you. Uh, okay, yeah. Dumpster fire. Thank you, Kevin. I knew I could depend on you. All right, so we got we have two bottom shelf. We have two dumpster fire. It's up to you, Ren. You're gonna make the, you're gonna make the decision here. There's only one right choice, by the way. I, I know you're new, but there is only one right decision. Not to pressure you or anything. I agree with you, Branson. Branson, if you. I will shoot you out the airlock like a taco machine, sir. I tried that once before. Y'all brought me back. Ren, <laughs> Ren there is only one right choice. You know the right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I know this kind of film, like people really enjoy these kind of films, but this was a straight dumpster fire. I was literally in so much pain just watching it um, because it's so bad. And the acting and just the camera, like cinematography, 
it was terrible. But because I know some people really like this kind of like cheesy. No, 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 no. Let me stop you right there. We, we have yelled at Branson for doing this very thing you're about to do. You don't don't rate it based off of what you think other people think. This is surely 100 percent your opinion. So you rate it based off of what you think and what you think alone. Okay, for me, it's a straight dumpster fire, but I guess for everybody else, it could be the top end of dumpster fire. Yes. <laughs> All right. Is that is that acceptable? That is Absolutely. that is acceptable. Yes. Okay. You can acknowledge what other people think, but your rating needs to be your own thoughts. No, that's so, my rating. <laughs> so with that said, it is a disputed dumpster fire. I'm still keeping it on my shelf. Yes, uh, I'm going to burn another movie. Yeah. Barbecue at Kevin's house later. uh so that said uh we are going on over to our weak connection section and see if there's any redeemable ideas we can pull out of this movie actually before we head over there ren let me ask you a question being as you are an actress who has been in movies yes if you were offered money to be in um, this movie or a movie like this of the same quality that would be nationally distributed like this one was, would you take it? No, I would not in <laughs> any way want to be associated with this kind of film, but also if like Tom Cruise was in it, then yeah, sure. <laughs> but no. <laughs> Make sure the right people are there. Her dignity can be bought with the uh, right male lead. So yes. that said, let's head on over to the weak connections. This is a weak connection. All right. We are at the weak connection area of the podcast where we take a movie and we try to derive any kind of spiritual truths that we can get from it without, despite how weak it may be. Um, I could not find one for this movie. Um, you could some might say that this movie is irredeemable. Yeah, I got one. Okay, Kevin, thank you so much for bringing validity to this part of the podcast. You're welcome. Ecclesiastes 1 2 from the New Living Translation. Everything is meaningless, says the teacher. Completely <laughs> meaningless. This movie is meaningless. There you go. <laughs> oh. To everything, there is a season except for Sharktopus. <laughs> Hey, Precisely. You know Summer is my season for a shark to push, so it actually works. Branson, do you have something? You get you're giving me a look <sighs> like maybe. You, no, normally, normally I do. Normally, this is the one part. No matter what movie we watch, where I can like you know what I can pull spiritual truth out of something. But honestly, the only thing that came to mind throughout this whole movie is the verses of scripture in Romans one, where Paul is describing just how terrible the world is and how truly evil we all are. That's how I felt watching this film. Because as I said before, there was not a single solitary with the exception of, of, of Hector. There wasn't a, a, a character that, that I enjoyed. There was no one that I was rooting for. There was no one that, that, that died or that I was like, Oh no. And, and it, it reminded me of that verse of scripture because of, of how depraved the world is. But in that light, because we are Christians, because we believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins, 
to me, that's humbling in that when God looks at us and sees our sin, this is what he sees. He sees a whole bunch of people running around, thrown into their carnal desires, slaughtering and whatever else, you know, but he still looks at us with love. He still looks at us with the desire to, to wrap himself in flesh, to come to earth and to die on a cross for our sins. And that's a very humbling thing to me that, that God, when he could look at me and see this movie, he chooses to look at me and instead see the righteousness of his son. And that's about all I've got for, for this I'll movie. I'll briefly piggyback off of yours because okay, I also wrote absolutely nothing down for this. But in searching my brain to try and think of something, the only thing that I came up with was when it talks about how none of us know the hour of the day like when we'll die. <laughs> Which is true for this movie as well. You could be bungee jumping one day and a shark could come up and eat you. Um, and so, like you said, like we as Christians, one, are humbled to know that God looks at us and sees Sharktopus and still loves us. Um, <laughs> but also that we should then look at others. And even though we may see their horrible, irredeemable parts, should then share that love. Amen. Don't be like the people in this movie. <laughs> right. And And I would like to piggyback off that in hearing what you said, Branson, and thinking about all the people who made this movie, both in front of and behind the camera, um, in reference to Psalms 14, verse 3, uh, when it says, they have all turned aside, together they have become corrupt. There is none who does good, not even one. Um, and I think that we can Ill that can be illustrated in this movie in that on your own power, all you can produce is Sharktopus. Yes. Without Jesus in your life, all we can create, all our good deeds adds up to a Roger Corman produced movie. Um, <laughs> and on the upside, someone else will enjoy your bad idea and help you make it. So I was going to say that too. Right. <laughs> there was a team of people involved in this movie. A team. All I don't right. think too many people like my bad ideas. You just got to find the right team. You just you know? got to find the right people. Man. You just got to give them a wink and a smile with that handsome little face you got there, Kevin. Oh, <laughs> shut up, John. Have you tried flirting with them while covered in shark guts? Because I hear that works. <laughs> I'm sure I have Kara syrup. <laughs> <laughs> it's about to get hot in here. All right. So, well, I think dinner's ready. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. With that being said, uh, Squid, where can people find you on the interwebs? How can um, they support you and your what you do? Uh, you can find me by yelling my name really loudly in the state of Illinois. I won't answer. Um, you can find me at Squid Reads, Squid's Reads, no, squidreads.tumblr.com, where I don't post book reviews. Um, or you can find me on We Read Allegedly, the podcast, or Playing Games with Strangers, or Pint Sized Art History. Sized is spelled S A I Z E D. Awesome. Branson, how can people find and support you on the interwebs? I have a small quarter of Com Talk called Bees Use and Reviews, where I promote faith based, family friendly comics. And uh, you can listen to me there. If you have a faith-based, family-friendly comic you would like for me to review and or promote, you can reach me at branson.boykin at gmail.com and uh, send me the info and I'll take a gander at it and talk about it on my podcast. Also, I am 
I've got a project set to drop in September. It is an audio drama called Gospel by Gaslight. It is a uh, a steampunk audio drama with Christianity mixed in, a little bit of Lovecraft in there just for fun. Thank you, John, for that. Um, and also, uh, Playing Games with Strangers has been mentioned. I'm actually, I'm a Blade level patron of Playing Games with Strangers, and that has afforded me the opportunity to be on a segment called Different Games with Strangers. D- did I say that right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> Different Games with Strangers where I actually get to play along with some of the gameplay. And I get to hang out with John and Squid and some of the other. To live the chaos yourself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and some of the other patrons. So if you uh, want to support playing games with strangers, it might open up an opportunity for you to actually be on the show. All right, Kevin, this is the part where you try to dodge the question. Where can people find you on the internet? Look at the show notes. <laughs> All right. Wait, different games. How many different white bands do you own? It's like. Another game, another stranger game. I mean, this sounds like Stranger Danger, man. Hey, hey Kevin, why don't you see how far you can fall from before you break a bone? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I, you know what? I do have one thing. I just realized if you do wish to see me, um, you can come to GeekCon in Shreveport where I will be there amongst my other fellow mates and last and everyone else. Are you coming to GeekCon? Seriously? Yeah. Why not? Awesome. Is that not a surprise now? Huh? It, was that not a surprise now? Because I'd been It's like, a surprise. Oh. oh. Why not? I mean, yeah. I'll come to GeekCon. I had heard that you weren't coming. That's I'll, awesome, man. I'll, I'll, I'll sign all your stupid bad movies and maybe sign your forehead too while I'm at it. Oh, I'm going to bring Velocipaster <laughs> just for this. No, I'm not going to sign that <laughs> thing. That whatever that is. I'm not signing that. But yeah. He's rooming with me, everybody. <laughs> oh, come on, man. Yeah, you gotta make it weird. You make everything weird. Because that's, that's the way I like it, Kevin. That's part of his role on this ship, on this station. <laughs> he likes it weird with an extra side of rare sauce. All right, uh, Ren, now why don't you bring this back to the realm of sanity? Where can people find you on the internet? How can they support you or throw money at you? Um, I don't know if I'm fully sane. <laughs> I feel like we all have a little bit of crazy, you know? Well, like Norman Bates said one time, we all go <laughs> a little bit mad sometimes, haven't you? Yes. That's a quote I live by. Mother said that. <laughs> um, but I'm on social media, Facebook and Instagram. Um, it's Ren Michelle 1L official. And I'm also on YouTube. It's I think it's Ren Michelle official as well. <laughs> That's just some uh, some of the films and music videos that I've been in. Awesome. And of course, you can find me playing games with strangers, uh, bottom shelf. We read allegedly. You can find my band Mezzanine um, and my new upcoming podcast, uh, Casual Gamer Society. Um which I do with Dave Clements. So that's something coming soon in the future as well. Uh, With that being said, thank you so much for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Uh, If you do like it, please like, rate, subscribe, wherever you listen to this. That helps put us in front of like-minded individuals and makes us stick out a little bit more on the algorithms of whatever platform. Speaking of algorithm, we're also on Google, aren't we? We just made it to Google. Holy crap. That took long (laughs) enough. Uh, 
whatever. All right. With that being said, good night, everybody. Peace and love. Bye-bye. Bye.